0: Hello, I'm Alex Ryder, a food blogger and all-round greedy guts. This is At The Source, a podcast full of food stories. In today's episode, I've got Eloise Frank and Adam Chowdhury, business partners and founders of The Big London Bake. They met at work and went from successful careers in marketing and PR at British Airways and IAG to running this award-winning Bake Off-inspired event series in London and Birmingham. In December 2019, Eloise was presented with the Artemis Award at the 2019 NatWest Every Woman Awards, which celebrates Britain's most inspiring female entrepreneurs. And in September this year, they won the title of Small Business Entrepreneurs of the Year. Of pretty impressive stuff. This episode is the final one which I recorded before I went on my break, so listen to it in the knowledge that it was recorded back in June and not now. That said, not too much has changed really with many COVID restrictions in place up and down the country once again. I'm really excited to share this story with you, with its ups and downs, and how now, even with coronavirus thrown into the mix, they're diversifying their business model to keep the baking fun alive for their customers. Welcome, Adam and Eloise. Thank you so much for joining me tonight.
1: It's lovely to be here. Thank you so much for having us.
0: Yeah, thank you. Virtually here. All in three (laughs) different places, but all virtually together. (laughs) 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 So I don't know who wants to answer this and you can take it in turns um, or you can both have a go. But my first question for the listeners is, can you explain in a nutshell what The Big Bakes is? Um, Yeah. So I'm I'm happy to answer this one.
2: So, The Big Bakes um, is the first and live um, only baking competition in the UK. So, we've got two venues now. We've got one in London and one in Birmingham. Um, so, we host um, a couple of different sessions. So, we do um, ticketed sessions where you can come in and bake the theme of the month, where you and a baking partner will arrive and have all of your ingredients set up for you. And then you'll be hosted by our dedicated team and professional pastry chef. Um, and then it's 3 two, one bake um, And then we judge them all at the end so that guests can and then take home their creations.
0: So with that, is it that you and a friend might come along and you're pitching against other people that you don't know? Um, Yeah.
2: so um, you can book in a minimum of two of you. So you and a friend will come and then you can bake against other people you don't know or you could bake a big group of you. So we often have lots of hymn parties or birthday parties, book out the whole tent and then you're competing against people that you know.
0: I actually really like the idea of you being kind of competing against strangers because it makes it feel a bit more scary i guess you'd
1: you'd be surprised at how competitive people become we've we have um it it, it, for us it all started because we wanted to have a company away day um we'd done a bake-off in the um office and we wanted to go out into london and do an event organized by someone else and take the load off of us and um and sort of bake against each other. Uh, we thought it would be good fun. Um, and we couldn't find anything that was, you know, we, there were lots of really serious events out there. There were lots of cookery schools and they're super expensive um, and really serious. So we were like, Oh, this doesn't exist. So we designed something basically for our team to have a night out in. And then we thought if we like it, maybe other people will like it, but you wouldn't believe the level of competition we get. We have people from companies, you know, going around the tent, turning off other people's mixes, adjusting their ovens. like oh, I know, there are some no. real tools out there.
0: I can't believe that. <laughs> That's a perfect, perfect answer to the next question, which I didn't need to ask, which was, how did you come up with the idea? I love the fact that you uh, took your team away day so seriously that you ended up coming up with this entire business proposition. It's fantastic. <laughs>
1: We just took it too far. That was that's the problem. It's 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 a case. of you know when you like anyone who's in a team in any office will know that idle chit chat eventually leads to, you know, silly and crazy ideas. And and it was just me and Eloise saying, "Oh, that was really fun baking into each other because I don't bake and Eloise is a much more competent baker, um, although I have significantly improved." Um. And uh, and yeah, we just kept going with the idea, and we're like, actually, this could be really fun. And we love events, and we love doing that. So we thought let's let's see how how far it goes and then here we are
2: yeah I think it, um, it really shows how um, competition can really fuel things because I think it originally started that I just wanted to prove that I was a better baker than Adam <laughs>
1: <laughs> which is still which is still the case
2: <laughs> yeah, and then um and it all came from there. I think one of the um things for us was when we were looking into it as well and we just realized there was a real gap in the market because um when we were looking for a sort of baking or cooking themed activity to do with everybody, there were cookery schools available, but they were all quite serious and they were sort of based mm. on sort of three hours long, they were quite a lot of money, and we thought, you know what, we had so much fun just getting really creative in our bakes. Um we just wanted more of a platform to make sort of baking accessible for everybody. So you know coming up with that concept of if we develop all these tried and tested recipes that we know work really well if we do all the boring parts or weighing up the ingredients because that's a hard part where you have to source the recipe source all the ingredients and then we do all the washing up and then guests just get to come and kind of do all the fun part and just go, get really creative
0: <laughs> yeah I think the idea that you you do all the washing up you know you, you can come in you can make a mess make all this delicious cake and then just walk away with the cake and not have to deal with the aftermath. It's a really, really good idea. So what was the timeframes from the point that you r- realized that this team away day was actually a really good business idea to the point that you were ready to quit your day jobs um, and take it full time? I mean,
1: one, one part was very quick and one part took um, a hell of a long time. So we in terms of actually taking it from concept and you know us having this dream and silly idea it, it i think we discussed it in the october of was it 2016 and and by um may and by may 2017 we'd we'd um we'd built everything and we were we we'd um we launched in june so six months between like the idea being just a pure concept to having a marquee with a you know full kitchen set up and bakers hired and, and booking customers coming in through the door. That was really quick. But I think deciding to leave our jobs took um, a lot, lot longer.
0: So when you had that first event, were you still both working full time or, or did you take the leap ahead of that?
2: Yep. Yeah, so we, we kept our full-time jobs for um, pretty much the first two years of launching the business. So, um, I mean, at first, this was something that we thought would be sort of maybe a summer pop-up that we thought would be a fun idea that we wanted to just test our idea and kind of launch it off the ground initially. Um, mm-hmm. And it was the May, yeah, May 2017 that we had our, our first events that we, that we ran with some friends because we wanted to try out the concept first. But then we had such an over sort of response to it and that we ended up sort of selling out weekend events or sort of months in advance. And, and then we wanted to take it to the next level and, and look at opening sort of all year round and, and sort of looked into things, ways we could heat our marquee and change our theme for, for Halloween and for Christmas. Um, and then it was very much just kind of coming up with, with different ideas in order to keep running. Um, and then we decided to kind of take the plunge um, a little bit later on. When we thought we wanted to grow the business and it really had something in terms of expansion,
1: because originally it, it started as a side hustle. The whole um, the whole idea was that we just wanted something to do in our spare time that was, you know, fun and enjoyable. And proved um, to us, we wanted to prove that we were, you know, really good at marketing and PR. That it's quite easy to spend a big company like British Airways or IAG's money and and create a bit of a buzz. But can you do it with almost no money, and can you still create something successful? And that was the bit that we thought was going to be really hard. So we just wanted to prove to ourselves that we could do something in our spare time, and we were we were surprised by how popular it became.
0: You must be pretty chuffed then, because I think you've probably proved yourselves um, absolutely capable by the sounds of it.
1: Yeah, it's been. I mean, we we thought we'd, we we thought we'd do okay, <laughs> but we are we're, we're quite. I mean, we're both surprised that we no longer work for our previous employer um, anymore. That would that's a that's a bigger shock than I think we expected. That
0: was. Um, a, a very gracious way of taking my compliment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, is it, when you're sort of running your own business, it's very
2: easy to just get sort of wrapped up in the kind of whirlwind and day to day of it. That it's it's quite rare that you actually sit back and and talk about it. And you're always kind of looking at what's coming up next. So so yeah, we're we're still sort of focusing on you know taking baking to to the rest of the UK and and beyond at the moment. <laughs>
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wanted to ask you about the first event the first proper event with paying guests how did it feel it was very nerve-wracking the very first event we
2: had was with um i think i mentioned it just a minute ago it was with um some of our friends so we ran um i think it was two weekends competitive weekends where we got our friends to friends and family to pay a sort of a small small donation to cover our costs so that we could test the concept because we spent sort of six months planning it all but we we hadn't actually put it into practice because one of the things we needed to really get right um, in order for it to be a viable business model was to be able to run multiple sessions in a day. And that meant sort of making sure that each session ran um, to 90 minute timelines and that we had um, time in between to turn each session round. So we we spent um, quite a lot of time sort of perfecting that um, and trying that all out. And then we wanted to gather feedback from our friends so that we could really make sure that everything ran as sort of smoothly as possible.
0: Is there anything that you learned with that first event that perhaps you um, elements that you dropped or things that you brought in as a result of that trial period?
1: Oh, absolutely. Tons, absolutely tons of stuff. Anyone that says you shouldn't do a trial or soft opening, uh, I'd, um, I'd challenge them to say that you learn, you learn so much when you put your ideas to an actual test. So we, um, we opened up and we sent out to all of our friends afterwards a, a pretty detailed feedback form And we just wanted them to lay out what do they like we said you know don't hold back tell us everything and there's basic stuff from people saying you know i didn't know um i didn't know what time it was during the event so there was no clock so i didn't know how much time was left to calling out um you know where people should be in the recipes to how our staff should circulate the event and how quickly even basic stuff like washing up builds up on stations and can clutter spaces Uh, all of that we hadn't we hadn't thought to that level of detail because until you see it happen you can't you can't see the mistakes happening. You can, you mm-hmm. can, you know, predict and guess as much as you want, but sometimes things just happen that you don't expect. And customers can do, you know, one of the things that customers do all the time, which we we don't mind, but it isn't, um, you know, though the fridges aren't for them, is that they open a lot of fridges that have got all of our, um, all of our pre-weight ingredients for the next bakes on. So for the first month, we just had, customers just grabbing whatever they wanted out of the fridges to include in the bake they were doing, which they wouldn't, they didn't need. They just um, took it. And we hadn't thought about maybe just signposting the fridges to say, you know, staff only for these ones. Um, so you just learn that stuff by looking at human behavior and, and how people act in your event. So we learned a lot.
0: Just as such a simple thing, but you don't even think about that because as Eloise said, if you're wanting to run multiple sessions and then you get to the second one and someone's pinched your Castor sugar Uh, I can imagine that's a bit of a nightmare (laughs)
1: exactly yeah
2: so one of the things with when you're running events it really is those kind of finer details and thinking all of those through from sort of everything from logistically to customer touch points and you know what's the first um, thing they see when they arrive and how they're going to leave the tent and all of these things we very much refined um, over sort of the past three years I mean we still make changes now and especially when we came to sort of launching our second venue we wanted to make sure that we'd really refined and got all of those processes as slick as possible so that we could then
0: put them in place in sort of different venues. Originally, it was the two of you um, and you got to the point where you were quitting your day jobs, which is fantastic. You started out with a marquee in London. Now you are, well, uh, not during coronavirus times, obviously, but you're also in Birmingham. So how how big is your team? How do you split your time?
1: So we've grown quite We've grown quite substantially. So the fir- when we first opened, there was um, there was four to five of us. Um, it's sort of fixed head count. I think we're up to twenty three staff members working for us now um, across the two sides. So that scaled up quite quickly. But that has we've tried to get ahead of the pressure. So every time that we see that, for example, we host uh, so many companies that do their away days with us. And when we first started in the first two three months, we we had like four or five um corporate customers come and join us. But now we have um, you know, upwards of ten a month. Um, so wow. we've, you know, had to create a role to look after those customers and make sure their days are super special and, and that they fit, you know, the unique requirements that corporates often have. Um so jobs have kind of appeared as they've gone and we've also started to plan a bit more on how we want our business to look as we grow so we don't find we've got any choke points and we can continue to grow at a you know a healthy pace.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I know the answer to this question already. Um, do you think that your experience in PR and marketing has helped with the success in a relatively short time of of the big bakes?
2: Yeah, I mean, most definitely. I think for both of us, Adam and I both came from that background and that's what we worked together in in our previous role. So for us, what was crucial was kind of getting our business off the ground in terms of launching the name out there um so a big part of our preparation before we'd even launched um the business in 2017 was thinking of every single kind of media outlet that we'd want to be in finding out all of those details writing our own press release and getting um high quality kind of video videography done and all of the assets we wanted to promote our business and then we've we've not forgot that as well in terms of the sort of three years we've now been running is that it's just really important that we that we keep that momentum up and, and we keep kind of pushing our business and we've done a lot of that through social um which is something that we've been able to focus on during this time as well um while questions aren't sort
0: of running yeah. as normal and what about the baking side of things so do you have someone that can help you pull together the recipes that you use
1: yeah so we, we've got five pastry um, chefs who Uh, work for us so they host the events um they come up with the bakes with us um so we we design bakes that will be appealing for people to want to come and do so we try and avoid the most basic bakes we don't really do victoria sponges for example in the tent we do things that are a little more a little more complex still hugely accessible but things that um people get excited about and think oh i'd never do that at home I'd, i'd love to go out and do that with my friends that looks like fun and we always try and make sure the bakes contain um as much creativity and freedom as possible um as well, and our and our pastry chefs help us do that um, and to to you know your question beforehand in terms of the marketing side, the big thing that me and Elle always love doing beforehand is we love doing events mm. um so we've hosted and organized events all around the world, and anyone who's in events. They think about things from a sort of how will event will flow, where are your pinch points, um, how do you attract people, how do you make sure enough people want to come to your event? And once you get that practiced in, and you can merge it with the talents so of our patisserie chefs, we had a you know a really good combination of experts in the field of baking, as well as from our side, we just know how to put on a really good show. And you know, people, everyone that leads through the door just has a massive smile on their face and had the most fun. Um, and the fact that you can create that um for people is really satisfying and enjoyable
0: i just love the sound of it i mean we all know how popular the great british bake-off is i think they've got uh versions of it all over the the world now you know we've all sat at home and watched the tent and thought mm, i reckon i could do that you know everyone's a sofa judge
1: oh there's there's so many yeah there's so many tv shows now you go onto netflix and there's there's Cupcake wars. There's baking shows. There's flower shows. Like people love the elements of these things that they think, you know, could I do that? And it's lovely because people come into our tent. Most of our customers are novice bakers or have never baked before. And when they come out with something that looks not only you know hugely edible, but has actually looks really good, um, it's really satisfying. People put a lot of value into learning a little bit, but in a fun, you know, uh, really. High energy um, venue like
0: ours. Just having the opportunity, I think, to flex your muscles. And actually, I just I wanted to quickly go back to something that you mentioned at the start, uh, which is the competitive nature of the people that attend the events. And you said that you get a lot of corporate bookings, but also a lot of Hindus and individuals. Have you ever had any time when it's got a bit nasty because people are too competitive?
1: I wouldn't. I, th- I think nasty is probably. Um, probably not that case. I think people have got competitive and they've done it in a fun spirit, but most people who attend the event, um, are really well-natured and, and just want to have fun. So I don't think we've had anyone spoil anything for anyone else, but certainly teams get competitive, but only, I think quite respectfully amongst themselves because our event doesn't involve, you know, too much alcohol or, or anything else fueling any behavior. People you know, cakes is pretty innocent. It's difficult to get too angry over cake. <laughs> That's quite um, a good
0: point actually. <laughs>
1: yeah. So we, we and, and, and if anything goes wrong, we're always happy we just restart the bake for people and they can they can start again. They always leave with something edible and, you know, have a good time.
2: I think um, one of the really nice things about our event, and especially being kind of natured around baking and competition, is that um, it really is um, our sort of passion to make baking accessible for everybody. Um, and it's such a sort of diverse customer range in terms of who we get in our in our event. Uh, being baking and and being that we also make sure that all of our recipes are suitable for different requirements. So we we spend a lot of time developing our recipes each month and we always do sort of a vegan alternative of our our recipe or a gluten-free alternative. Um, So it means that we offer something for everybody. So for example, we get hen parties that have, you know, all different generations in from sort of the mothers there and the grandmothers and then you might have um, some people that are pregnant and and we suit our event kind of suits all of them Um, and then for those corporates you know because we cater for everybody and we don't exclude anyone it's a really kind of nice event that's able to be quite inclusive for for all different types of
0: people. So essentially you could have a group of people baking the same cake but each of them might have a recipe tweaked for it to be gluten-free or vegan or whatever it is that that particular person requires. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, all of our recipes can be um, catered for different dietary requirements. So we
2: quite often um, have people in advance get in contact with us and, and want a vegan version or a dairy-free. Um, so each station will be set up accordingly, um, providing
0: we kind of know, um, know what their requirements are. I really like the sound of that, that everybody is essentially, Baking a certain thing, but it's, it's, um, God, I can't get my words out today. Blah, 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 blah. You're all baking the same thing for this, you know, in this competitive environment, but you might have slightly different ingredients depending on what your individual requirements are. So everybody feels that they're all included and they're all doing the same thing, but it's all edible for the different people and what they need and what they want. Yeah. Perfect.
1: And that's, that's crucial from a, both from a customer enjoyment point of view and a business point of view, we, you know, we'd lose 10, maybe 15% of our customers if we didn't offer dietary flexibility. And especially when it comes to like Eloise mentioned, Hindus, um, if you, if you're trying to organize 20 people getting together and two people have a dietary um, requirement, that's just not met, then you lose, you can often lose all 20 customers. You don't lose just Mm -hmm. the two. Um, so we, you know, it, Every time we develop a recipe, we have to put double the amount of hours into researching the recipes and adjusting them and creating different versions. But it's worth it from both a customer enjoyment point of view, but also a business point of view to make sure that you know people feel that regardless of what their dietary requirements are, um, they can come and join us.
0: So we can't get away from the fact that your business is focused on live events and we are currently um, in a lockdown uh, because of the coronavirus pandemic. So I was interested to hear about how you've diversified your business to um, suit the, the the current climate.
1: Well, as you said, we're a live event. So our core business is always going to be entertaining people um, face-to-face and bringing people together, whether that's families or colleagues. Um, and that's what we're looking forward to getting back to. And that's what we're planning to getting back to uh, actually very soon. Um, but in the meantime, we've looked at you know, whilst customers can't join us, we thought, how can we go join them in their homes? So we've produced um, quite a vast amount of uh, content now. So um, recipes for home um, that people can watch for free on our Facebook and Instagram and Twitter channels um, and join us baking at home with professional bakers leading sessions online. Um, and we, we tend to use um, ingredients that you'd find in any store cupboard. So if you open your cupboard, you usually find a core set of ingredients, and um, we try and use those to create some really fun bakes. and, and We've been doing it now for the last two months, and um, it, the response has been incredible. We went from having you know seven thousand followers on Instagram; it's jumped up to we've just passed thirty four thousand followers, um, and you know thousands of people are watching our bakes every week. Um, just baking at home and they're sending in their creations to us. So it's, it's lovely to see that we're keeping people entertained even when they can't join us.
0: It's really incredible that you've managed to grow your base that that rapidly and that massively during the coronavirus because at risk of kind of bringing a bit of negativity into this, I imagine that there are a lot of uh, face-to-face events businesses that may not make it out the other side of this. Um, And that's something that I've talked about on the coronavirus and food episodes that I've done with a couple of different food businesses around the UK. But it sounds like you've been able to think on your feet and, and presumably if anything, you've grown your customer base. So it's probably helped you massively when you come out the other side. Um, yeah, I mean, what was really important for us at the moment was just kind of keeping connected
2: with our customers and our team and, and sort of having a, a real love of baking during this time. We've all got a bit more time back on our hands, but we're all sort of busy testing and developing our baking skills at home for fun. So we just thought what a nice way it would be to actually share with this with our customers seeing so as we can't welcome them to our tent as we'd like to. Um, you know, we, we'd rather sort of share our videos and, and make sure that we can kind of connect with them and, and share our sort of recipes um, for people to keep occupied and busy at home um, and then kind of give them something to look forward to when we can get back in into the tent. And sort of a real focus was just kind of being here sort of when all of this is over. So we've just made sort of some sensible sensible decisions in order to kind of get everybody excited to get back to baking as soon as possible. Um, I mean, we're sort of hoping that this is going to be – um. We'll, we'll be getting back into the tent sort of as soon as possible. Um, we know that we're sort of a socially safe um, event for, for when that happens, because everybody does bake at their own individual station. So we are a naturally socially distant event.
0: Right. How are you finding it being uh, the kind of the, the face of the baking? Adam, I watched your baked donuts recipe. <laughs> that must feel quite strange to be um, kind of presenting recipes on. On camera and given that at the start of this episode you said that you weren't um a, a keen not a keen baker so you weren't you weren't a confident baker I think that you did pretty well
1: oh thank you I mean you could say confident or competent and I think they'd have both applied uh when we first started I have learned some things as we've gone into it um so hopefully we've got a little bit better as we've gone and um yeah all the videos we've put out there it's actually been really good fun. We, we, You know, everyone's bored at home and we're not really doing anything. So when we reach out to our bakers and our team members and say, you know, what are you guys baking? They th- say, oh, I'll record it for you. I'll send it in to you. So they're sending in these really great recipes that they're all eating at home with either their families or their housemates. And um, we're just putting them online and showing them with our teams and they're um, and they're loving them. So it's, it's really yeah, good.
2: Absolutely. I think um, sort of food and baking and cooking it's a really nice way to kind of a wholesome way to connect with people sort of for you to personally enjoy at home but also one of the nice things on our videos is that um so many people are tagging all of their friends and family in the videos because it might be a bake that they've talked about doing or you know they want to both bake it at home and have that mini sort of Mm. competition and and show each other's um bakes with one another Um, so sharing different recipes online has been been brilliant for us and it's given us something to kind of look forward to and,
0: and and enjoys whilst we're at home as well I think that's exactly what people want right now and people need we are spending so much time on social media um, I mean I'm I'm lucky that I'm still working full-time from home and yet I also still have more time than I would usually have you know I'm recording this podcast on my sofa rather than traveling around at the weekends and in the evenings um, and it It's true. Everybody is baking more. Everyone is cooking more. Everyone is spending more time because food is a way of enjoying yourself when you can't go out to the pub and meet your mates or go to the cinema or go and see a band. Um, And certainly, I don't know about um, you guys, but I love going out for food. So for me, cooking an extra fancy dinner on a Tuesday night, (laughs) it seems absolutely fine right now.
1: Uh, exactly what, exactly what Eloise said, it's, um, being able to do something at home. That's a bit more, um, actually less focused on the phone, because one of the things that's great about our events is that people turn up and apart from taking photos of each other, the phones go down and for 90 minutes, families spend loads of time with each other and they find it hilarious. They're in stitches and they're not on social media. They're not on their phones. And that's the same for this is that, you know, families and, and people at home are looking for excuses to do something quite wholesome. And baking has that. And they get off their screens and they just get to do something and enjoy an activity together. Um, and and baking is just such an easy way to do that. Um at a really you know at a really reasonable cost for most families
0: that's quite a valid point actually isn't it because for quite simple bakes anyway you don't actually need too many complex ingredients or unusual ingredients to be able to to put together quite a tasty cake or cookies or whatever it is
1: yeah exactly so we've we've given people these basic recipes that they can do at home and then when they come to our tents we've got top of the range everything mm. the ovens are state-of-the-art the, the mix state-of-the-art the equipment's brilliant so when they come and they can do the more complex bakes with us, then we're ready to do that. But in the meantime, it would be nice to keep people entertained.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I want to move on to the kind of business side of things, um, because I think part of what's so interesting about the big bakes is the fact that you were colleagues um, and you worked together and then you came up with this idea and um, born through trying to have a really great team day out. So I don't know if you both want to answer this or if you want to, one of you can, but I wonder what your advice would be for friends or colleagues wanting to go into business together whether that's a food business or or anything else
2: mm-hmm. um, I think one of the crucial things for us is that Adam and I both um knew and worked with each other for I think it was about a year before we decided to develop our idea and take it to the next level um but one of the things that we've always done and, and sort of working together in our people's roles has been um is communicated well I mean that's our background and, and we've always been very open and honest with one another so I think whoever you're going to go into business with um, be that kind of a friend or a colleague um, you've got a good relationship with in terms of speaking honestly and openly and having that clear communication and making sure that you have the sort of same same vision and goals in mind so you might work um, differently and work hand in hand together but as long as you've got the same sort of goal um, and, and that communication that you'll you'll kind of find that pathway
0: in order to achieve success anything to add Adam
1: I mean, just find someone who doesn't piss you off all the time. Uh, it's, It's sometimes I think is that simple. Like, like Eloise said, we worked together for a year and we delivered some really big projects. We were traveling the world, doing filming projects and events. And, um, you know, after three weeks of doing something, we still were able to see each other in the office and think, actually, we're happy to move on to the next project. It's not like that's the last time you ever want to see that person. And, um, that's that's a really important thing because that person is there to support you. Um, a lot of people can go and become an entrepreneur just on their own, and I really admire them, but I have no idea how they do it. I think you have to be you have to be a little bit weird to be able to do it just on your own because to be honest for us, we share all of our problems and we um, share all of like you know um whether it's a response to a customer or whether it's an idea for a new bake we discuss everything together and having an echo chamber to discuss. With someone is is incredibly valuable, um, and someone you trust as well. Um, it does it just makes you feel a lot more confident to to make the decisions and changes you want to your business together.
0: It's probably quite nice having that kind of sensible um, sensible head. You know, if you're really fired up and excited about something, if you're uh, going it alone, you might just kind of launch headfirst into that thing. And then suddenly your customers or whoever it is that comes across it first is, is like, whoa, that's terrible. But at least if you've got each other, you one of you can be really excited about something the other one might just turn around and say, don't be an idiot. <laughs> that's not going to work. Brussels sprouts, uh, cupcake frosting is never going to go down well.
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's usually Eloise telling me to calm down on something most of the time
2: <laughs> yeah i think um you, like you said you sort of you definitely share the responsibility and the decision so you know there's a lot of hard decisions when it comes to running running a business so we get to share those with one another and that burden doesn't go onto one person um and knowing that you're kind of in it together helps and and when you when you're friends and you know each other really well so it was a business relationship we've been working together now for sort of four four years so we know each other very well we know when one of one of us is having a bad day and one of us is going to pick something up and and we know where to support each other and where our different responsibilities lie. So um, I think really having that kind of balance and and also having that person, as Adam said, that doesn't piss you off, but you can have fun with as well, because running a business can be um, really all encompassing and and, and quite heavy sometimes. So knowing when to kind of take a break and, and, you know, go and enjoy a drink and and just catch up as friends is important as
0: well so knowing that you two get on really well and that you don't piss each other off and that you are still (laughs) friends um have you got any kind of key highlights and lows as well that you can share um with us from your journey so far
1: i mean the uh go the negative one first in terms of the the lows um we were discussing this actually a few days ago and um, every single entrepreneur has highs and lows throughout their career. There's no straight line up or down. Um, but the probably the most challenging time for us was maintaining our full-time jobs, um, which were which were genuinely quite high pressure jobs. Um, I I did that for two and two and a half years, and Eloise did that for one and a half years. Um, and leaving one job and immediately driving to the other one and then getting involved in doing that and the stresses that come with setting up a new business. That was, I think, very challenging from a, just from a sleep perspective, we were getting, mm. I don't know, three, four hours sleep for about two years. Um, and wow. by the end of that, you are so knackered that you both look at each other. And at one point you said, something's got to give. And I think that's, yeah. that's the low point is you're not low about the business. You're not low about how successful things are becoming. You're just saying, you know, when, when, when is my body going to give up on me, and, and and is this healthy to be doing two jobs at the same time? Um, and I think that was that was probably what I would describe as the the bit that was most challenging, at least from my side. And I'm no Eloise was feeling similar at the time.
0: I mean, that must be the scariest point of any startup scenario like this. Is that point when you realise that this is. This is going somewhere. This is good, but I can't cope. I, I need to go to sleep. And and the the fear of kind of, I, I'm saying this as if I know what it's like, but I don't, um, but the fear of of handing your notice into a, a good job to pursue this dream must be, it's a low point, but it's also an incredibly high point, but it must be so scary.
1: It's shit scary. You, you <laughs> honestly, I, I mean, you. I'd spent 10 years getting to the job that I had in BA and then IAG and Eloise had a fantastic job there as well. And, um, to give that in all the free flights and, uh, you know, good remuneration and, and a quite comfortable role, um, to go and just almost start again, um, is really scary. Mm.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a very sort of uh, overwhelming feeling I think you've got um in one level um when I made that when I made my decision to kind of move over first um we made that as a in terms of both personal reasons and for business reasons in terms that we the business was ready and, and we wanted to advance it but the only way we were going to advance it was if you know we were to start putting some more mm. um, time in it in terms of devoting all of our full time um, hours as well as our evening hours that we're doing onto the business rather than splitting ourselves between two roles. Um, But also in terms of like Adam said, you know, personally, how do you sustain that level of of working? Um, Especially for me when I had sort of a commute because I, I didn't live in London either. So I was kind of juggling that as well. But when you kind of go to make that decision, you're full of excitement because you're taking your business to the next chapter, but then you're, you are leaving behind a, a whole load of security as well. And you've got maybe friends and family saying, why would you be leaving such a sort of um, job for such a renowned company? So it's it's a very sort of mixed emotion feeling. So I think, yeah, um, it definitely was sort of probably one of the, the lower points for us in terms of making that big, scary mm. decision. And
0: so highlights, let's finish on something nice. <laughs>
1: Well, I'd, I mean, oddly enough, I'd also say the highlight was quitting uh my job uh at the same time because of course it's a low, but at the same time, um we had the confidence to leave our jobs because we were able to look back at where we got to and able to look at, you know, the possibilities and suddenly everything in front of you is positive and exciting. Even, you know, in the current scenario with COVID. Um we're lucky. We worked in the avian industry, you know, between us for nearly two decades and Um, if one industry knows how to you know go through numbers of crises it's the aviation industry so we we'd learned so much from that so we were really prepared this time around both financially and mentally Um, and you know when we left our jobs it was it was exciting we were suddenly you know within six seven months of Eloise leaving her job we were getting Birmingham ready to open Um, and then um, suddenly we had this new project and we're now moving on to looking for our next site after that so so, yeah, I think quitting suddenly lets you focus on the future and not on your you know your current troubles, but what you've got coming ahead and and that was really really that was really, really fun
0: mm. So once um, the pandemic has passed and we are able to um, get out and about with our friends again what what does the future look like for for you guys and your business
2: Um, I mean we're definitely focused on bringing kind of baking to the nation and some more so we opened up our second site in Birmingham we've got plans for kind of our third and fourth site Um, we want to bring our event to kind of all major cities across the UK Um, so that's very much a focus to us Um, there'll definitely be a short time focus in kind of relaunching the sites again to get everybody kind of back to baking as soon as possible Um, but we're very kind of eager to get back in our tents as we said they are sort of socially distant anyway mm. so we're really excited to kind of bring people back to to baking yeah. as soon as
0: possible well come to bristol because i would absolutely love i love it i can imagine <laughs> how competitive my friends will get but we will we will play fair we'll play nice i promise we, we might be your first um nasty <laughs> <laughs> we might be the first ones that like lose our rag and storm out the tent but if something no no we wouldn't we wouldn't <laughs> You have a whole array of different bakes that your customers can do. I'm quite interested to find out a little bit more about the recipe development that goes into pulling those together.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. So each month we change the theme, um, which is really nice because we do get some return customers as well. So it means that they're always coming back um, and baking something different. So it's really important that our our recipes are always something that works really well in the concept of our our event. So bearing in mind, we have two people baking at a station, we want it to be something that both of them can get involved in um, and we want them to be doing something throughout that whole 90 minute period that they're baking with us so for example while your sponge is in the oven you're then moving on to make some decorations or make your icing um, so that you are kind of really involved for those 90 minutes that that you're with us so we spend um, we've got some really talented um, professional pastry chefs at work for us um, so we all work together um, each month and spend um, a good few hours testing and developing those recipes to get them just right um, and we like people to get really creative, so we have a creation corner that's full of different flavorings and colorings and decorations. So, although everyone's um baking the same theme, and um, be that sort of um. Donuts, for example or um, a striped cake or or, um, a Swedish princess cake which is um, our latest theme we like people to get really really creative and you know customize them and put their own spin
0: on them um, in terms of decoration and flavorings. I can imagine it must be a really difficult day when you have to go in and do all that recipe testing. (laughs) What a nightmare! (laughs) Well, if you if you need any help, uh, what's, a, what's a Swedish princess cake out of interest? So a Swedish princess
2: cake, um, it's a dome-shaped cake. Um, and you start off by making a sponge and then you make um, a custard and jam and then you make a cream um, filling that goes on top and makes it into that dome shape. And then you cover that um, with royal icing. Um, and it's really, really kind of beautiful um, and in that kind of dome shape. But if you go onto our Instagram, um,
0: you'll see lots of lovely pictures of it. <laughs> Oh, that sounds amazing. yeah, and i um I will make sure that your Instagram account is linked on the show notes along with your website and all the different details so everybody can go and have a look and get baking at home and then obviously come and join you once everything is back up and running. Thank you, and um I can release you back to your evenings.
1: Oh you, well, thank, thank you very much having.